Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League and the Champions League. I'm Robbie Musto, he's Robbie Earl. Today is our recap episode of week 10 of the 2022-23 season and here are today's topics. Arsenal win a thriller over Liverpool to go back top of the league table, winning 3-2. Manchester City continue to roll and Haaland scores again as City ease past Southampton 4-0. Manchester United win on the road at Everton with Cristiano Ronaldo scoring his 700th career club goal in the win. Christian Pulisic scores his first goal of the Chelsea season, of his Chelsea season beating Wolves 3-0. And Tottenham grab an important three points over a tough Brighton squad winning 1-0. That's what we've got coming up in today's episode. Well, mostly I think there's only one place we can start. The big game of the weekend was at the Emirates. Arsenal facing Liverpool. In a game, I think was going to give us an indication of maybe what, what lays ahead for these two teams. Arsenal had beaten Spurs last week in the North London derby, but this was another test against you know, title winners a couple of seasons ago, the team that's challenged Manchester City most. For Liverpool, it was, it's been a bit of an indifferent start to the season, a change of system midweek in the Champions League, um, brought a change of luck and a better performance. So um, lots to look forward to in the game. What what. What's your takeaway? What's your big picture, uh, Arsenal getting the 3-2 win against Liverpool? Well, I mean, there's so much to take away, Rob, isn't there? So mm. much. I mean, the, my biggest reaction is what a great game. Mm. What a great game. Two teams playing some brilliant attacking football. And I think it's, as a bigger picture chat, maybe another time, the league right now mm. is packed full of teams that are attacking. That's why we're seeing tons of goals. And not just the top sides, almost all teams, apart from Spurs, we'll get on to Spurs, <laughs> but most teams, Robert, are trying to attack. And I just thought this was an example of a brilliant Premier League game that had everything, had the, the youth, had the speed, the pace, the technicality, the transitions, the turnovers, the, the, the counter-attacking speed of Arsenal. I mean, excellent performances. And I'll tell you what, what I'll go on straight away, Robert, in terms of getting a bit more detail. We can talk loads about Arsenal. We all talk loads about Arsenal and how well, how well they're doing. At the end of the game, Rob, or towards the end of the game, there was a few melees, a few skirmishes. Mm. And I saw several players fighting like crazy for Arsenal and prepared to meet fire with fire any time it got a little nasty. Because it did. Jordan mm. Henderson was fired up. He was an angry man out there. But there were several players. I made a note of the ones that I thought off the top of my head. Jesus. Yeah. Incredible fight. Yeah. Passion. In, in all aspects. Granit Xhaka, you'd expect it. Mm. Thomas Partey, I thought, was outstanding. Yeah. Best game I've seen him play for Arsenal. Finally, getting the Thomas Partey that I expected actually quite a long time ago. Mm. Maybe injuries and everything else. That's Thomas Partey that I expected. I thought he was the, the, the best player on the, the pitch by, by some distance. Gabriel's another one that's fighting as well. So apart from the, the technical excellence, obviously the spirit, the passion... And it's obvious, Rob, I've said this many times about teams that get into good spots. It feels like they realise something special is happening at their football club, beating Spurs, and then this, this amazing game against Liverpool. I tell you, it gets them believing, as well as us and everybody else, that this team has come on incredibly since the start of last year. And it was a, it was a superb performance and a deserved victory. I think the fight's a really important point, Rob, because I think in the past we've seen fight, but out-of-control fight, 
losing emotion fight where it's cost you a red card, where it's not been in the right manner, where it's not been in the right way. This was, was control. This was felt the right amount of, of fight that, that you're standing up, that you're not going to be pushed around, that you're younger players, but you, you, you're right. And, and it's a really important point that, that you make there that, you know, we, we've criticised Arsenal in the past. Remember the David Luiz days, the Granite Xhaka sending off, the Pepe, I think went to, you know, headbutt somebody once in golf and we said, you know, you can't do that, it's going down to 10. But it was controlled, Rob. It was like people's arms were down the side, but they were standing up for what the, the shirt means and, and who they are and what they're doing. And, and in some respects, and I said to Rebecca after the game, these, these, I can see some of what Liverpool used to have in this Arsenal team now. A bit of that fight, a bit of that intensity, the, the speed to counter-attack. You know, they both played in a similar system with a 4-2-3-1. Um, you know, um, Tottenham's front line was every bit as exciting, if not more at times, than, than Arsenal. Mm. The threat from Martinelli, Saka, Odegaard's clever ability and Jesus... Oh was every bit as, as good as what Liverpool have. And we talked about Liverpool being some of the best attackers in, in European football. So I just thought it was a day when they not only matched up, but they, 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 they sort of overtook Liverpool in some areas of the pitch, which was a surprise to me, I have to say. Mm. Mm. Yeah, uh, you know, we sometimes get... Well, I, I would say, mate, that, you know, in a Premier League season, there's, there's often maybe a handful... Of, of special games. Mm. That felt like a special game. It, it, it's a memorable game. Yeah. I think it was Peter Drury in our commentary, Rob, said that, that that's his favourite game of the season. And, and, I, and I think he's probably, he's probably accurate there. And in terms of what it meant, the matchup, you know, they were kind of, I think both uh, teams were at a couple of injured players, you know, in fullback positions or whatever, weren't normal. Other than that, it was kind of full strength. And I mean, they went back and forth. It was it was amazing, Rob, because, you know, of course, Martinelli scores a brilliant goal in the first minute. Yeah. And to be fair to Liverpool, I thought, after conceding the goal, yeah. their football yeah, got really well, good. Yeah. I mean, got, got, Possession was good. Yeah, they, they reacted really well. Um, they get themselves back in the game. Uh, of course, a goal from uh, Nunez, which is, a, a, again, just brilliant. Another example of great football. Um, second half was different, where Arsenal... You know, even when they were 2-1 two, two up, we're very much on the front foot, mm. Rob. I thought they yeah. played really well in the second half. We'll get onto the referee calls in a mm. second, but I thought Arsenal's second half really surprised me. With They, they were leading 2-1, and yet they were much better with the ball, much, much more possession. I, I think it surprised Liverpool a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, I, 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 you know, we often say this about teams, and, and, and that's why you guys in the studio talked about kind of roles reversed, where teams often struggle to handle Liverpool's speed, intensity. Well, it was the other way around, where Arsenal's kind of uh, speed and intensity and, and quality on the ball, Liverpool struggled with, even though they did what we kind of suggested or hope, hoped maybe from their point of view, Rob, that they did and played the two holding players. Yeah. Now, Henderson was pushed over to the right-hand side. Uh, I thought Trent Alexander-Arnold, by the way, um, it, it sounds like he went off with a with a, with sounds an ankle like injury. Sounds like he's got an ankle injury. They're saying he, he got a scam, but yeah, yeah. That area was, was was an area I think that Arsenal had looked. And Martinelli, his tail was up, was flying. Rob looked looked like he wanted to get at him. Yeah, I mean it, it was. Uh, I mean the, both goals came down that side. Trent Alexander-Arnold, Rob, you didn't you didn't sort of do it so much in the replays, but I thought he was is was really out of position where he allowed the ball to be slipped inside. Inside him, um, yeah. We, there was we, certain space. One of those, Rob, where I just felt. 
he, he was in a bit of an awkward situation because he's got a runner outside him and the ball comes through. And I kind of think, yeah. my feeling, because we did look at it and said, are we just piling on yeah. this because it's Trent? We kind of made the point yeah. that he was down that mm. right side. But I just felt, I'm not sure he, he, he could have done that much about it. I, I totally get where you say he's body position. You'd rather that ball go mm. outside him and at least yeah. gives you a chance always yeah. at an angle than the ball come through the middle. Yeah, it's a killer. It's a killer. The ball coming inside. A beautiful a ball, by the yeah. way. Let's just remember as well the, the weight and, and speed of the ball from Odegaard yeah. was, was perfect. Yeah, let's just get into a couple of uh, mm. of the incidents, Rob, and um, yeah. refereeing. It, it, I know Liverpool fans afterwards, you know. It's a big decisions. Yeah, I, I think where we're at with handball, I, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I've given up. I, I have literally given up, and, I, and, I, and I'm not joking. Well, based based on everything up. we've There's seen some... before, Rob, that one today, for me, is a, has to be a penalty because it's hit his hand. His hand is away from his body. It's not, it's not that far, but it's away. The ball hits his hand. It doesn't hit his chest. Gabriel's trying to say his chest. I'm thinking that's a penalty. Yeah. <laughs> well, th- this is where it's gone full circle for me, Rob, because, all right, so that, at the start of the season given the new parameters, yeah. I'm like, that'd been really harsh. That's not really a handball. But then, of course, we see them given. So I've said it yeah. on a podcast. Yeah. All right, I've got to reprogram. Got to reprogram my brain. Mm. So that one, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's one of those. Yeah. where I don't think I don't think actually it really is. Was, but but yeah. we've seen so many given yeah. that, that that's a handball. And it wasn't given. So I, it, I, I give up. Honestly, I, I, I don't think... Yeah. And this is so bad because we're talking VAR. We're talking yeah. this is the, the you know... If there can't be consistencies when you have a video system to to help the humans, because mm. this is a human issue, I'm yeah. afraid. Like, and and you know, I think we have to say that our Premier League officials are, are really struggling, really struggling. I mean, yeah, not it's, to the level of the not just Rob. the on-field guys. You're talking about the quality. No, of the it's not the level of the football. referee is not at the same level, and that's a shame. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about the penalty kick. That, let's jump to. Yeah, that, that, that was the winning goal for um, for Arsenal. Now, again, Rob, I would say it's a soft penalty. I thought there was a challenge. He's gone to kick. He's kicked. He's caught the back of, of, of Gabriel. But the moment this contact, Rob, in the law that we we've had to reprogram a brain, I'm saying he's going to give a penalty because this contact. There was little contact, and Thiago's gone to clear the ball. They've both gone to clear the ball. Well, he's gone to hook it to goal. Thiago's gone to clear it. There's a coming together. I thought it was soft. I thought it was soft. I know why it's given, and I get why it's given, and some will say, well, the contact, but it's very soft. Soft for me. Soft, soft for me. And, I, and again, wasn't there a, like a, a comment from, from the Premier League referee saying this season, you know, a foul had to be a foul. They were yeah, going to try and raise the bar a little bit on those. Sorry. Well, they, they haven't. I mean, I suppose, we're, I, again, it's annoying because... You know, Thiago is entitled to try and win the ball. Yeah, yeah. And he, I mean, it's almost like he can't make a challenge because if you make a challenge and make a contact, he's going to point to the spot, mate. It's any any contact now, Rob. Yeah. Inside that box, yeah. it is a penalty, yeah. and I hate that because yeah, number it one, it's, it's incredibly unfair on defenders, yeah. and number two, you're going to get attacking players, which we've seen that any time there's a brush or a flick, yeah, they're down. going to go down, and and that's what you're you're you're. This can of worms that you're opening now because of that. Um, so I get it from Liverpool's side of things. Another day, those two decisions could have gone their way. But you know what, Rob? Like people on social media are saying, you know, what about the referee ruining the game? I'm done. I'm done with it. Like, 
But what, this is it, I'm afraid, yeah. fans, of all the teams. You're going to get some good. You're going to get some bad. West Ham United got one today. Yeah, when they didn't get one, didn't get they? one yeah. that big game. Yamaka, yeah. Yeah, they got so, so, sadly, when we used to say about refereeing in, in, in football in our time, they, they, the petitions the, the kind of even themselves out. We're saying that even now when there's video technology, that over the course of a season. So what's the point of the technology? So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of getting a bit like done with it all, to be honest, mate, because I don't want to keep talking about it. But so when things like happen today, yeah. then sorry, Liverpool fans, but that's what we're seeing in our league with, yeah. with our officials. And I don't want to hammer them, but that's what we're getting. And that's what you got today. You got the rough end of the stick this time. You might benefit in other times. Um, but I don't, but, I, but and I, I want to end it right there, Rob, on that. But it doesn't take anything away. No, Arsenal awesome. yeah, deserve to win. win yeah. Second half were excellent. I think the expected goals was, was way higher than yeah. Liverpool's was. They Nearly deserved three, it. Liverpool, they earned yeah, it. And, and they, Let me steer you, my friend, to two yeah. players in, in the game whose influence was, was, was a huge contrast. Playing down the same side of the pitch, actually. One, two, talk to me about Gabriel Martinelli. You talk to me about him. He's your yeah. underappreciated player of the week. Yeah, he's my underappreciated. Oh, sorry, I just, I just lost that bit from you yeah. then. Yeah, yeah, he, he's my underappreciated performer for this weekend. And, you know, people know about Gabriel Martinelli, Rob. Um, what, what I'm saying is his, his performance and his form of late is elevating him to not just a, a young, good young player that's coming through, that is a player that's that's an incredible asset and is one of the most dangerous players in the squad. That's where he goes from. That's why I'm saying underappreciated. Mm. He, he's he's getting and it is now way better than what we might expect him to be at this point with his age. Yeah. And I think this the pace, the 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 heart. He's got a big heart, yeah. always running. I mean, he's a, one of the fittest guys out there, and he's bringing goals to it now. The quality that he's got, he is he is elevated himself Rob and that's why I'm bringing him out this this weekend because that's that's high level yeah. that that's that's special level and you bring in Saka on the other side two young players have excelled but this season you know last year it was more Saka's kind of breakout yeah. season this this time it's the left side with Gabriel Martinelli um I thought he was outstanding and he is a special special talent some Brazil team, when he's not involved, isn't it, or can't quite get in the squad, he, he's playing that well. He, he was a threat every time he got the ball today. He scored a goal, made the one for, for, for Saka, and as you say, I thought gave Trent all kind of problems. And I almost get the sense he likes playing against Trent. I think he did it last this time last year. He gave him an, another tough time. So down that same side of the pitch, Rob, in contrast, and we, we touched on it on the podcast before, and we don't have to go majorly in depth, but what's happened to Mo Salah, my friend? Uh, I think he had one shot in the game that wasn't on target. I think he doesn't do his fullbacks particularly any favour because he doesn't do any kind of tracking back or security for his fullbacks. We're in a position where today I thought he was Liverpool's worst forward. And, you know, Diaz looks lively. Nunez is trying and getting his Liverpool career going. Jota um, gives you something in terms of his movement. Bobby Firmino comes on and scores. The game's at 2-2, and Mo Salah's taken off the football pitch, Rob. How, how does that happen to the league, one of the league's best scorers, Liverpool's biggest goal threat, who looks a shadow of, of himself this season? And critically, right now, you have to say, probably doesn't deserve to start in the team. It's amazing, Rob, isn't it? I mean, football's amazing. And, and, and this, this situation with Mo Salah, we, we did mention this on the last pod, Rob, yeah, when I talked yeah. about... The, the, the desire, the, the greed, the hunger to score 
is not evident right now. Now, whether that's a, a result of, of confidence lacking a little bit, I don't know. That Of course, the contract will be brought up. Yeah. I, and, and, I'll, and I'll be honest, Rob, I think I said before that, you know, this isn't the sort of guy that he's super fit. You know, he's not going to... He's not going to fall away a little bit, given the new contract. But that's yeah. what we've seen at the moment. Now, I, again, it's hard to get to the bottom of it in terms of he's signed a mega, mega deal. Maybe he feels this is it, that he's got his his, his dream contract and he, he takes his... And, I, and I'll say it again now because it always pops into my mind. An old manager said to me, uh, 5% less effort in a game equals 50% less performance. Basically saying you, you yeah, can't drop get, it off, yeah, you, and maybe yeah. Mo Salah has dropped off his effort five ten percent. His effectiveness for the team now has dropped way down, and it, it's it's got to be frustration for for uh, Jurgen Klopp. Rob, he's trying to get his team back together again. He needs his star players to step forward. I thought I thought you know a lot of this game, Rob. Liverpool played well. Yeah, they, they still moved the ball yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, Luis Diaz, which is another worry for them. Yeah, he's got an injury. He's another one in for a scan tomorrow, Rob, on ankle and knee. So that doesn't sound great. Could be a big, big, big yeah. loss. Yeah, I mean, did you did you see the Jurgen Klopp words afterwards? I know in the show today we, we had games coming yeah, up. Yeah, we had games. We didn't get. We, no, I did we look didn't at a couple get of to, interviews. Yeah, we didn't get to hear the interviews. What, what was he saying? Well, well, first off, he's as down uh, as you'll ever we've ever seen him. In, well, in his it's seven the worst start he's ever seen. I mean, the tenth in the Premier League, Rob, at the moment yeah. with ten points. Yeah, it, he's as down as I've ever seen him. But he sort of said, basically saying, you know, like, yeah, we're, we're not going to win, not going to win the league title this year. But there are other, there's other competitions that we're in. Now, uh-huh. the the problem with that is that I wonder where the motivation sits with his team that they're yeah. not really, and his managers admitted he's they're not winning a title race. Does that mean, Rob? Which I I think it could do is that it, it, all the the, the effort drops the of all the players now because mm. they're not going back. for the yeah. and and you got to worry about the top four Liverpool got to be in the top mm. four and and that that would worry me that that message is oh the league's kind of gone a little bit we'll focus on other things they got they got a job on to finish in the top four this season haven't they absolutely fourteen points difference between them and Arsenal face Manchester City at home next week at Sunday. Uh, while we'll be in Philadelphia at the Fan Fest, so that's going to be an interesting one, Rob. Yeah, I mean, a great day for Arsenal. And, and again, I was just saying yeah. to, to Rebecca off air, it's like, and I know people have talked about the, the development of this team. I think people are starting for the first time, starting to think about what the future could look like with Arteta. And we had a little bit of room about what some of the things that are going to have to happen going forward. But I think for the first time, we can start thinking about the future and successful future when. Arsenal have had to talk about the past and Wenger in the invincible days, you know, many years ago now, 2004, the last time they won a title. You sense that there's something starting to grow. But, Rob, we're nine games in, there's 24 points, there's still a lot of football to go. And there's some disappointments coming down the road for Arsenal at some level, at some place. How they get over them is going to tell us where they're going to finish. Rob, can I just add add one thing before Mm. we move on? Just I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Um, so Gabriel Jesus now it's impossible from our pictures to know whether he was knocked out in that incident where he was it looked like he was Mm. he was still on the ground players were having to pick him up and try and roll him over like now I know that the the protocols say something like if there's a concussion or suspected concussion 
then you're out of the game. And well, you have to go protocols. to the doctor. You have to rest There's up a protocol, it. isn't there, that the doctor has to look at you. It's not the player's decision or the physio. An independent doctor has to go yeah. through a concussion protocol. Which didn't happen, by the way, Rob. So, so well, I'm, I'm, I can only assume that he wasn't uh, unconscious and that he was kind of kidding on a little bit. I, I, I don't know, mate. It's, it's, it, which isn't I'm not cool sure. I'm not sure if he, if kid he, on in those situations well, what are you saying, flat. So I'm saying a, he could have, he could have well, been he just, knocked or he, certainly his, his head was not robbed. He's play, when players roll a, a, for a teammate on their side, that's serious. That, that, that's because you're slightly concerned with so what's ha, going so on. So how the heck, how the, if we, if well, we agree then that, that it was a likely concussion, how yeah. the heck has he played on? Well, because as ever, and we talked about in the studio as we're watching the game, the protocol is not enforced by the Premier. He goes to the side. He talked to the fourth official, if, uh, the linesman. If you if you remember the pictures, he talked to the linesman. Linesman was talking to him. And then he said, "No, no, no." As if the linesman was saying, "You need to. You'll have to go." And he said to his physio something. And then the next minute, he ran back on the pitch. But there's no other talk about it, Rob. That's why I said may- maybe he was kidding on a little bit. He's kind of. Know. What if he had, he had you know, like, know. Yeah, if had a slight concussion, Rob, but he then says, I'm okay to play on, then that's what well, and yeah, that that's happens. unacceptable. And that, exactly what I'm saying. And that's unacceptable at this level that yeah. he, he was being, he was allowed to make a decision. The physio was allowed to put him back on. Yeah. And, and Arsenal, for all that they've done brilliantly today, might have to look at that, those situations. We've seen some horrible scenes in the NFL recently uh, well, yeah. of what can go on and yeah. how it can affect people and, and the Premier League has to be better the Premier League has so many good things it has to mm. be better Rob that we shouldn't even be debating this yeah. it's a really good point well, uh, well again, made that's no, why good, I was yeah. astonished I was astonished mate yeah. so uh, we'll see if there's any 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 uh, follow-on from there mm. um, as Arsenal take the three points and move on uh, let's move on to the Etihad Manchester City facing the Southampton team that we're hearing Ralph Hasenhut was all, under all kinds of pressures that there's talk that he, he may lose his job. I think going to City in some respect possibly helped him on the, on the day because, you know, you lose to City, most people are expected to. Um, City got off to the usual start, attacking. Goal didn't come to it. I think it's 20 minutes on the clock. Gal Cancelo from the left-back position gets a, a beautiful goal with his left foot. Phil Foden goes and gets a second before half-time. Game's pretty much over as a contest. Mahrez gets a, a, a third and then... He comes onto the score sheet again, Erling Haaland. Another one-touch finish, another cross. Right position, finishes again. 15 Premier League goals, 20 in all competitions. Pretty routine day for City as they um, head into the Champions League. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is what's happening all the time, mate. W- winning games in the Premier League is very routine. And I think we're going to see the same type of goals. We talked about um, the crosses for yeah. Haaland, but I, I think these little... These little first-time sweeps, if you like, where he just sweeps it with his right foot or his left foot. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty stunning. And another one, you know, he went through early on, Rob, wasn't it? And it amazed everybody that he yeah, only hit the post yeah, and didn't the score. Post and came I, out, th- yeah. Those 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 one-time finishes from those along-the-ground crosses that City are, are, are famous for. Let's be honest about it. Pep's had them doing this for years and years and years and years. And now they've got a striker that's got a tremendous nous sense where the ball's going to get pulled back to or rolled across and he's ready as you described on the show Rob with um, his body shape he's ready to hit it first time a goalkeeper struggle with that so another beautiful strike I mean he, he's like if he's a golfer Rob he'd be a brilliant ball striker yeah. 
he, he contacts the ball lovely, doesn't he? I mean, flies his off contact his foot, on the ball he? is powerful. With real pace he does fly off his foot. I'm going to turn to a man there, my friend. My underappreciated player yeah. of the week is going to come from Manchester City, and he's probably not somebody you oh, really? might expect. Jao Cancelo, <clears> my friend, is a left or right fullback, I'll say, who can totally run the game from that position when he comes into the inverted position. Has created a brilliant relationship with Phil Foden down the left-hand side, or Grealish at times on the left-hand side of the pitch, is becoming so threatening for Manchester City. He scores a goal. He makes a goal for Haaland. He's involved in the goal for Mahrez. He can play right or left back. At times, people think, well, you can get at him, but he never seems to get that much exposed because he's such a clever, intelligent footballer. He's not a star maker in name the best player at Manchester City. I don't think he'd be named in your top five. But is as important, technically as good as, as, as any midfield player in the country, along the Kevin De Bruyne lines of seeing things and ability in his feet. And looks like the kind of guy you'd want in your football club because he just gets on and does his job. And I just thought, when I was going through the highlights, I was doing the Manchester City game, and it was just like, everything good about City seems to be involved in. Mm. And he's somebody who doesn't particularly get mentioned or, or get any attention. I just thought, he's, you know, in a City team of stars, of great players, he's somebody a little bit underappreciated for me. Yeah, maybe is yeah, maybe is Robin general. I think we've appreciated him and I don't know I, I think he probably is in their top five but again this is this is I know if you're you, saying if you were asking people in, in the pub name your top five Man City players I yeah. don't think Jao Kinsella would be no, in there yeah no no he probably wouldn't but he would be for me yeah he would yeah, be for I me think, I think look he's an incredible things player or, or see. but I think you know yeah. your Haaland's your, your De Bruyne's your Foden's your Diaz your goalkeeper I think you know these all these yeah, Bernardo, your Bernardo Silva Bernardo yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I just thought he deserves a mention. And, and whichever side yeah. of the pitch he plays, whichever, however big the game, he can influence a game from a full-back position, which is a real skill and, and quality to be that deep, to be, you know, not in the central areas of the pitch all the time, but the way that he can, you know, he's not particularly quick. He doesn't look particularly strong, but he's got a beautiful feel for the ball and great creative flair. Um, just wanted to give him a little mention in the team of stars that mm. uh, he's one that's shining. No, it's a good shout. He's a, he's an incredible footballer, and uh, I mean, you, you go through that whole team, Rob, and and, and they got blimmin' incredible footballers everywhere, really. And it's getting it's kind of crazy how they've seemed to be so much better. But again, again, like because we've broken them down for so long, for so yeah, many years, yeah. we have the added excitement of uh, Erlen Haaland. Mm. But it's just it's routine. Mm. It's there isn't a lot of stories around. This team because they're so they're so good they're so grooved and they got a striker now that's that's amazed everybody with how he started and the numbers um, but they're in such control and dominant in this league and in games that I mean it's going to be you can't see anybody unless they have a ton of injuries which is which absolutely is possible yeah the world cup you can't see anybody over a longer period of time be able to to live with the way that they're winning games so easy at the moment. 33 goals, mate, in nine games already. I mean, and, and more to come. You, you, you believe that to face Liverpool at Camfield next week, that's going to be a really interesting game. Let's move it to Goodison. Yeah. Um, another interesting one. Uh, the late game uh, on Sunday, we just finished. Everton 1, Manchester United 2. Everton going ahead through a lovely 
Alex Iwobi goal. Um, Iwobi's one of them that, you know, on, a, on another day, probably underappreciated form. I don't know if, he, if he's had that title, but certainly one of the most consistent players for Everton this season, wherever he's played. It was an interesting game, Rob. Casemiro got his first Premier League start. Uh, Rashford and Martial started the game. Martial had to come off. Ronaldo came come on. You know what the story's going to be. Anthony scores th- three goals in his first three uh, Manchester United uh, appearances. The first player mm-hmm. to do that for the football club. And I thought played saw another side to him. I thought his work off the ball was better. Uh, his positional play was better. And he's a real threat with his goals and his speed of, fi- of feet. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought this was wasn't a classic uh, game. Was it? You know the conditions being one down. But I thought this was quite an important win for United, and, and, and I thought I think they can take something from that. 1-0 down at Everton, you know, difficult circumstances, not great weather. I thought they got about the game and, and got about their work well, and, and the quality in the top end of the pitch kind of meant that they were always, if they took care of business, were going to win the game. You know what's interesting, Rob? I think, remember on the, uh, after the Manchester derby? Yeah. I think at the end of our chat on, on that game, I think I said... You know what? I don't feel it's going to be that damaging because they they went with the gung ho, proactive, expansive football against City. They got destroyed, mm. but that's what they're going to do. We saw it again today, Rob, and and I think you're starting to see flashes or moments that what Eric, Eric Ten Hag's looking for. Yeah. He's looking for dominance with the ball, mm. real control, tremendous width. When you looked at United today, Rob, there was great width from the team when they. Yeah. And depth, right? They stretched Everton too much, and and, I, and that's something I want to talk about Everton with a little bit. But um, that's that's what Ten Hag wants, and you're seeing it. They really went there, Robin. And, yeah. and uh, it's not easy to go to Everton, particularly when they're in decent form. Yeah, they've got a strong midfield now. They have got a strong centre back partnership. Best defensive we've about a few record times in now. the league. Yeah, yeah, and go there and and really like get on the front mm. foot and play a lot of football and create a lot of opportunities. So that's that's what he's trying to do. If if there will be games where maybe that's going to get that's going to backfire yeah. because they're going to be a little open. Yeah. I thought it was good. I thought Anthony. I mean Anthony. He, he's he's a funny because <laughs> sometimes he has periods where he doesn't do much. Yeah. And then he he, he pops up in big moments. He's got mm. he's got he's got good good composure Robert, yeah. around the box, isn't it? When he comes to shoot, yeah, he's, he's got good accuracy. Yeah. He, he takes a shot. I, I think he's he's looking. He's looking. He's, he's had a good start. Twenty-two years of age still, as well, Rob. By the way, there's, there's more yeah. to come, isn't there? You know, yeah. he's young, and I think he solved a problem for United on the right hand side of the pitch that wasn't productive enough. We talked yeah. about all the other big teams' yeah. goals from wide areas. You know, as much as Sancho's been in and been a bit unlucky and a bit fits and starts, this guy's coming and shown from a wide position he can score goals. You know, if Rashford settles into that left-hand side all of a sudden, Bruno Central, yeah. and, you know, you get the front line, all yeah. of a sudden, that, oh, that's a pretty tasty front line. I thought Casemiro, Casemiro had a funny game. Like, I think yeah. you said it on the broadcast. Like, he, he kind of started off... I mean, it, 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 the pace of the Premier League yeah. is absolutely quicker. We, we know that for, for, for a fact, really, now, with with uh, lots of years of experience of seeing this stuff. But but I thought he'd come on to a game. Yeah. I thought he, the, I thought, the more the game went you know, on, the better he's, he's he got, a, didn't he's he? He's a wonderful... He did. The, the longer game went on. And the, and the goal for Ronaldo's goal, yeah. I mean, he wins yeah. that ball and he slots it through straight away. That That's the quality that he's got. And that combination is a... You know, that former Real Madrid connection, I thought was impressive. Ronaldo goes through and takes his goal. Yeah. Oh, am I, by the way, am I reading this wrong? That there was so much media talk uh, um, when Ronaldo played the other night. Like, Ronaldo's finished. And, uh. and it was kind of like... <laughs> You know, Ronaldo's you this, what, and he's not this anymore. And this is it's sad to see. He looked in pretty good shape to me today, by the way. 
He looks in pretty good shape to me. Well, I know, but there was a lot of that, Rob, wasn't there? Well, that's after the um... media for you, and, you know, what's the next story, you know, write him off, you know, he's leaving the football club, oh, he's, he's no value to United, bloody, blah, blah, blah. He's still important, Rob. I've got to tell you, he brings an energy to the yeah. front line that, that gets yeah. everybody else playing at a different level. He pops the ball in and he goes, Rob, and he makes you get on your toes and play it back, and all the game changes because he's around. His hunger... You talk about Mo Salah. This guy's hunger to get goals is infectious. I know. You know, he's disappointed yeah. when yeah. he doesn't come to him. He lets his teammates know when they're not at it. You know, he's trying to make things himself. I thought he, he nicked, he nicked balls off, off Garner today when Garner was in possession. I thought he, he knitted the game well for midfield players. I thought his all-round game was excellent. And it was really interesting, Rob, that we had, I don't know if you saw Bruno Fernandes on it at the end of the show and, and did a two-way with him. Mm. And asked him about um, Ronaldo, and he was just saying, you know, how important he is, how much confidence he gives to the team, how important he is in training, and and you know the goals are just phenomenal, and and they all kind of want to see him succeed. And you don't get there's any sense that there's any kind of ill feeling in, in the dressing room around him. And and you know Bruno's somebody who probably could feel his nose is going to be a bit out with Ronaldo there, but I don't think there's any of that at all. No, I, I, even today, Rob, I think I, was, I, I read some stories saying that Inter Miami were going to come in for him in January. There's still, there'll be still talk about him in January leaving the football club, but, yeah. but I, I think there will be times that he, he should play and have a run in the team, yeah. Ronaldo, mm. and there's times where I think he needs a little stint out of it. Yeah. I think yeah. that's going to be the best scenario for Ronaldo. If you, if you have him as a number nine, Rob, week in, week out, I think it's, it's, wear it's tough to be as, as sharp yeah. and as effective as by as a bit of a rotation and between yeah. Martial and yeah. Rashford and, and and Ronaldo, you know, this season maybe that's the way they'll do it. I think that'll be the best way to get the best. But whether he's going to be happy with that, you know, not playing every single week, I don't know. We'll, yeah. we'll see. January's going to come around real quick, by the way, after the World Cup in yeah. terms of that transfer window open up again. Um, so the talk will continue. But fair play. I mean, sweeps it in with his left foot. Mm. Lovely goal. Good, good performance. Man United. Yeah, that's good to go so, there. Yeah. Um, just, just a quick line on Everton, Rob, before I forget it. Did they, were they a little... I thought the game was a bit open for Everton today. Yeah. A, bit, a little bit open. Now, again, a lot of that is United's uh, passing and, and stretching yeah. Everton, but Everton could have been more compact. Do you think they're a little confident? Um, given well, the, no, the run they were on in the defensive thing and all that stuff yeah. going into the game. They, they um, basically went toe-to-toe. They went toe-to-toe. They did. Well, well if, if they did, they didn't have any, any, any real... Power punch up front. The goal came through Wobi. Mo mm. Mope was was didn't couldn't really get in the game. A little support to him. No. Gray and Gordon couldn't no. influence a game in the wide areas. Often, you know, no. had to track back. And I do, I just a little disappointed. I thought having got the good start from Everton, I was expecting then you know we'll see a little bit more and a bit more resilience to you know in the form they've been in. So mm. I think I was a bit disappointed for Frank today. Um, as, as you say, I thought United dominated the ball. In the end, were, were were clear. You know, the Rashford handball is another one, Rob. Where you, you you know he's running past, it flicks up. Does it maybe catch his arm or not? And, and that one's disallowed. And you know we've seen the Liverpool ones. And, yeah. And that, that, no, I mean it's another one that, that's a little bit crazy. But well, you know. yeah. That, that, to be fair, I thought that one. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure that, that we all agree with that law. Yeah. Accidentally touches his hand. If the ball accidentally hits your hand. Then it's gonna, yeah. And then you score, it's, it's yeah. disallowed. So yeah. but that get, we'll you know, West Ham get away with one that's similar and, and Manchester United don't. But in the end, it was just lack of goals that made it yeah. more. But I think there was a clear winner today uh, at United. Good day for yeah. Ten Hag and United on, just, on the road. Can I just 
One one last player I want to just mention real quick, and I think I think we've had him as underappreciated before, Rob. Amadou Anana, the 21-year-old Belgian yeah, playing in yeah. the middle of the park. Um, he, I just checked on his international stuff. He he started the last game for Belgium. Belgium yeah. I think you know, for Belgium. I think you're going to see him now in the World Cup. Yeah. I think he's going to become a very prominent footballer on on the stage on the world stage. You know, Everton have got a brilliant bit of business there. Yeah. You see a couple of times where he outpowered Casemiro, yeah. Rob, in, in terms yeah. of physicality. I think oh, he's a, good in the air. He is a yeah, big, physical, yeah. good on the ball, gets forward. Yeah. He's going to be a really important player for Everton yeah. and and possibly for Belgium in the World Cup as well. Yeah, absolutely, uh, one to look out for. Um, let's move it to Stamford Bridge, my friend. Chelsea versus Wolverhampton Wanderers. Wolves. Bruno has got sacked last week, so managerless at the moment. Talk about new manager coming in very soon, but. They faced uh, Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, where Chelsea have just got a little bit of form. Good win last weekend in the league, and then a 3-0 win against Milan um, in the Champions League. Set them up and got another win, clean sheet for Chelsea uh, yesterday, Rob. And, yeah, I think there's a bit of a sense that Graham Potter's starting to have an effect and they're starting to, to look like... I saw one of the stats that actually backed up your point in terms of um, Chelsea's attacking. I think they've had 54 shots in the three games. Had 44 of those shots have been inside the 18-yard box. So absolutely loads yeah. more production in the area that, that's most important yeah. of the pitch, the opposition's uh, penalty box. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think it's night and day. I, I, I honestly do. It, you know, it might look similar in certain spots, and mm. of course we've got the same players running around. Yeah. Maybe the average fan doesn't notice it. I'm telling everybody that they, they've got such a, a stronger attacking intent with different players getting into the box, different systems, different personnel. Mm. Graham Potter is utilising and we're seeing the value of his squad. Mm. Different players are playing in different spots. Broya comes on today in the game and scores yeah. a goal. Christian Pulisic plays that left wing back role that doesn't involve much back because it's kind of two systems. Yeah. I mean, again, I mean, in the game I'm like, how are they playing? I mean, it was, again, it was almost a forward Kukure where... at one point, isn't it? And then all of a sudden, he... Yeah. It kind of is, Rob, I think. I think yeah. without the ball, it looks like a 4-4-2. Yeah. Gallagher to the right. Yeah. Pulisic to the, the left, left. Yeah. And then you've got Jorginho and, and, and then Spidey Quetta put... Um, makes it, it was a four. Cheap, yeah. in possession... Mm. Loftus cheek in the middle with Jorginho. Yeah. yeah. But in possession... So that's why um, Pulisic has to stay wide. So that's where it's the three and then the four and then the two. So so it's two different systems in this Mm. game, by the way. And it changes every time with him. I just think that we said on the last pod, Rob, it keeps the players fresh. It's interesting. Opponents don't know whether they're coming or going or what they're going to expect from Chelsea in any particular game. I like, I really like what I'm seeing. And and, and Gallagher trusted. Now Pulisic's had a chance. Broya's been on a few times. Chalabas, you know, the, all Loftus the squad cheek, is starting yeah, yeah. to, he's utilising them. Mm. He's used Loftus cheek. So yeah. he's trusting them and they're repaying his trust with really good performances. Mm. And the team has got much more hunger to, to attack yeah. and to get in the box and shoot and to score. And we're seeing it. And, I, and I, it's, he's doing a blimmin' already. I think he's made a, a real difference uh, to the to yeah. the team and, and obviously now to the results. I'll say as well, he looks comfortable on that sideline, mate. You know, I think it's a big club. You yeah. know, people are saying how he's going to handle players and that. It looks to me like you know, he's getting a good response from players. You say he's playing a different system. 
I think it going in, Rob, and, and looking like everybody's got, a, got an even chance to impress helps. I think young players think they can show this this boss that they can mm-hmm. do well in saying the team. I think Tuchel had almost got some of his favourites, and some people he, he wasn't really Definitely. trusting. Christian Pulisic, you're, you're either in or you're out. Interesting one with the goalkeeper, Rob. I don't know if we, we, we touched on this before. Is Kepa now number one? I think me and Tim yeah, had this debate, like and, and I, mean, I said, like for me, he's, he's number one yeah. now. And Tim was a bit like, well, I'm not yeah, quite sure. I, I think he's number one till he isn't number one. I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree with that. I mean, he's played the last few, hasn't he? Yeah, like the, the, three, four, three games. Since he's been in charge, yeah. and he played the yeah. game before under Tuchel, and then he stayed in, and he's continued yeah. to stay in, and Mendy's on the bench. Yeah. And if, I'm sure if he wanted to, he could say to Mendy, well, he's my number one, in you go. Yeah, it's fair play, by the way, isn't it? Yeah, to, and to I think those things are quite, him, I think, to the dressing room are quite... And I always say this, because when I've had new managers now, if they come in and make mm. it soon, you go, it's fair enough, he's playing well, he isn't, there's no favourites, kind of puts you in a, in a good place. Like, listen, if I play well, I'll keep my shirt and, and there'll be no favourites. And I think, I think that's a good message that, that Potter's gone into the dressing room and, 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 and given. There's a bit of sense out there, Rob, that uh, English commentators don't um, are very quick to get on the back of Christian Pulisic. Um, oh, is there? Uh, you know, I, yeah, oh, well, yeah. I mean, I, you, you were in the studio, mate. I was on social media and I was oh, watching the yeah. game and I'm kind of yeah. checking social media. And I, um, and there's, you know, I, obviously it, the fans here in America want him playing mm. for, the, for their World yeah. Cup um, yeah. chances and they want him as sharp as possible. He got his opportunity, played on the left-hand mm. side. I thought he looked a little rusty in the first 20 minutes. I thought he improved as the game wore on. Yeah. You know, you can't do any more than score a goal and he yeah. assisted the last time he came into the game. Do you think, just back on that, is there a, I mean, there's not, there's not bias on, on anybody in, in the English side of things, managers, clubs, teams, commentators against this guy, is there? I don't think so and I'm a little surprised here. I think, I think to a certain degree, American players go there with almost like representing the country and some of these people and he's almost like representing MLS or American players, but I think he's past that. I think he, he's shown enough in, in games that he, he, he can influence games. I think he's got to show the consistency that's required to be at a club as big as Chelsea. That's the challenge that's yep. laid to, down that's to him. That's been the problem. That's that, been, and that's been yep. the problem, but that's the challenge, yep. Rob, and that's the level he's got to get yep. to. But it's a bit like yep. Jesse Marsh going in at Leeds and, and people saying, well, you know, the, the, the American coach and the Ted Lasso. I think people will take you on your mouth and Jesse Marsh has, has earned a respect that I don't think people think or talk about him in that manner now because they've seen what he does, how he acts, how he coaches, mm. how he talks, and I think he, he's gained yeah. respect. So if there is, I think it's it's the minority of, of British media that, that continue to be stereotypical of, of nationalities in certain things, and I wouldn't worry too much. I think generally people, Rob, my sense is generally people want Christian Pulisic in England to do well. I think there's a feel for him to do well, and we'd love more American players coming into our league and, and showing that they can play at that level as well. Brendan Aronson, I saw it at Leeds today. That, He's an outstanding player, mate. Yeah. Young, outstanding player. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the fact is, to be a key starting player for Chelsea Football Ooh, Club is incredible. High tariff, mate. Is high incredibly, tariff. Is very, very, very high tariff. And, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it, the, the move he made there was a big move. Mm. I mean, that's a. I mean, you've got to, you've got to be some player to to get a move to Chelsea Football Club, and then to be a starting or a key starting player is incredibly difficult. And he's again, he's battling again now to try and 
persuade his manager, his different manager this time, that he should be a starting player. But you can't do any more than coming on and, and doing the business. Um, I think where he's, where he's, where's, what's happened before is that he's had a little run. He goes a little quiet. There's somebody else to come in and have a go. So that that's ultimately the the challenge of being at a club like Chelsea. But I mean, you can't do any more than that. Come on and, and, and improve as the game go on. Texas got really well, really clever bit of football between him and Mason Mount. The assist was there. Real yeah. clever little thing finish. So well done, Pulisic. There's going to be rotations. They play Milan, I think, away in Italy, Rob, on Tuesday. So another game coming up for them. Yeah. I just, I'm just enjoying Chelsea right now, mate. And I know when there's ten o'clock games and we have, we sort of like try and figure out well, who's going to watch which game. Yeah, you know, yeah. we want to get a good eye on on all the big games. I'm really keen to watch Chelsea because of Potter's differences and how he's affecting the team and how some of these younger players now. I mean, Broglie is a great example yeah. of. Go on, give give him a chance. Gallagher played well, didn't get his goal. But he's getting continued opportunities, and I think you make a good point. I think, I think um, Thomas Tuchel kind of had his at his favourite team, and in most of the games, no, like I want this team right now. And there might be a couple of tweaks and changes along the way, but he he's very set. I think with mm. Potter, I think it's going to be as you saw in Brighton, people are going to play in different spots in different games. So good, a good a good a victory, and also I mean it's nice to see Diego Costa. Costa got a lovely yeah, yeah, from Ob, didn't he? lovely yeah in the Chelsea yeah yeah. He walked around. He walked. He had a slow walk around as he came off the pitch, clapping the fans in Diego Costa yeah. style. Yeah, it was great scenes. Wolves obviously yeah. better once they get a manager in and, and can get things bedded down and, and, and get yeah. going again to get up the table. Um, let's take it to final game. Um, the games of the weekend at the Amex. Um, Brighton nil, Spurs one. Uh, Spurs get the win courtesy of a sort of beautifully crafted um, goal from Harry Kane. Uh, off, off a cross from mm. Youngman's and those two combining again. Very emotional day for all the Spurs fans, Antonio Conte and, yeah. and, and all the players with the fitness coach, Giampiero, who was um, sadly passed away this week and we mm. saw the scenes after the game. We saw um, Kane pointed to the heavens in respect for the fitness coach, the relationship mm. he had. And a very emotional Harry Kane after the game, obviously, as he did an interview. Mm. It's very rarely we see those raw emotion of, of players coming out. So I, I think it, it showed what the day meant and what the victory meant to Spurs. Um, but it was a Spurs victory in the Conte style of Spurs victories. Um, they get the goal. Mm-hmm. Times the game was pretty even. I thought Brighton had some, some decent looks. Struggle for, for finishing, which, you know, uh, Danny Welbeck does mm-hmm. such a great job for the yep. team, but clinical in front of goal, I'm afraid he is not. Uh, but uh, Roberto De Zerbi looks like he's gone into Brighton and it looks like a good fit to me Rob in terms of what what they are what they're doing talks well about what Potter's done wants to add his own little tweaks um, and, and at times the game was in the balance and, and in the end one goal was enough for Spurs the clean sheet you know is exactly maybe what Conte wants It's funny Rob because I think, I think the main takeaway from this uh, this game for me was like well, this this is so stereotypical of both teams I mean, it's exactly what you might expect to happen going into this game. Yeah. Spurs, not silky, not slick, not really dominant for possession, mm. but get their goal. Brighton, really good football. Yeah. Fiddly, fiddly, fiddly around the penalty box. Didn't get shots off, couldn't score a goal. It's kind of, it played out exactly how you might expect it would. Um, I mean, the midfield was a little different. So Basuma came yeah, in. Yeah, he changed Basuma, it, didn't when he? he plays in the three, plays, there, plays yeah. a holding. Mm. And it didn't really, I mean, I, I think we said on the last pod, Rob, that maybe we wanted to see that, see yeah. Kane and Son together. Yeah. Thing is, I, I didn't think, I thought Basuma had a tough, tough yeah, game. Yeah, he didn't. You know, yeah. he hadn't played much, and he, I don't think he played particularly well. And I think when you think of Benton Kerr 
Hoiberg, I thought he played really well. Mm. Uh, Pierre Emil Hoiberg. Hoiberg played well. Um, yeah. And Ipasuma. Aren't they? Aren't they incredibly similar, Rob? For midfield, for midfield three, if you but want, it doesn't um, it depend what Basuma does, though, Rob? Can't can't Basuma be a little bit more box to box? Is he a little bit more athletic than, than Hoiberg? He played a six. Yeah, I know yeah, I he played it, a six, could, but I think I'm, he could do that. Which was surprised me that he played the six because I thought he yeah. might be the one to have a little bit of license and go and yeah. join in and run between and whatever. And it didn't really happen, which was surprised me. I tell you what else, Rob. I don't know. How, how you saw the game and how much it was. But I, one of the things I noticed because of the three in the middle, that I thought the full-backs would go higher earlier. And, and, and Sessegnon and Doherty were really high up on the pitch in terms of almost like wingers mm. rather than, than wing-backs. And, and obviously had to mm. do their defending. But I just thought the quality in both of those, Rob, was lacking. But in that system, yeah, when you play is. that way and play that high, I was lacking. And I tell you what came back to me, and, and it, was, it was as I was watching the Newcastle game, and, you know, I thought to myself, Kieran Trippier will be the perfect player for Spurs in that system. Can defend when he has to, can get forwards, got a brilliant cross and a good footballer and can play in the last third. Doherty not good enough. Royale was suspended, not good enough. That in those wide positions, mm. the key positions, Sessegnon still hasn't quite found his form. Perisic has come in and looked better in possession, but I think as it mm. is a bit of a... a I worry when, when he's playing against quick people going the other way. The I still think those are two problem yeah. positions for Tottenham with this system. Particularly, Rob, particularly when you consider other players in other spots. Yeah. With those three midfield players yeah. who played in this game that are kind of similar, you, you need special mm. wing-backs then. Yeah. If you, you ain't going to have that real curative technicality in the middle, right. then, you, then you need to have it in the wider positions. Mm-hmm. Which they haven't really got. I mean, I mean, Perisic we thought was going to bring that, and he has brought that. He's got, I think, he's got quite yeah. a few assists actually, yes, three yeah. or four assists. But the speed of the league keeps catching everybody, mm. keeps catching us out, Rob, because it's it's so intense, it's so quick. The players that we've seen many times before in other leagues come into the league, and it's like, oh yeah, look, they're, not, they're struggling a little bit with the pace of it. Now, again, he maybe he adjusts to that, but I mean, I thought they looked better again when they went the old. System when Richardson yeah. came on, it went back yeah, to yeah. like a three, the two in the midfield, three up front. I thought that looked better again. So, yeah, I, I, I think you're right. If those wing backs were better, like for, for in their end product as well, because you have to yeah. defend with Antonio Conte, then that would make a difference. And they're just okay. And that might be one reason why they're struggling for control and for quality. And you yeah. talked about Cancelo. We've talked about Alexander Arnold's quality yeah. from fullback. Yeah, you know, fullback, quality yeah, fullbacks yeah. don't have to make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe some, some work still to do. They won again. Got the job done, got yeah. the point, uh, which was important. Uh, it's an emotional day and, and um, you could see what it meant to the players, the fans, and certainly mm. Antonio Conte getting the win. Let's just round up some of the results. Uh, things going particularly well at, at Newcastle, my friend, St. James's Park. Five women is against yeah. Brentford, which you know we thought would be um, a, a, um, a tough game. I think there was six goals in this game last season, this fixture, but it was 3-3 then, but it was 5-1 uh, Newcastle. And I think Rebecca asked me about this game and, and, and what I said with Eddie Howe. And I said, Eddie, Eddie seems to have got this great balance of getting more quality out of those hardworking guys like your Almirons and Murphys and that, and getting more work out his quality yeah, players like the Bruno Guimaraes and people who are putting their foot in and working hard and, mm-hmm. you know, St. Maximin and Isaac when he's been in the team. And the biggest thing I, I was listening to a few Newcastle fans last night is 
there's joy back in the football club, Rob. There's an enjoyment back in what's going on at the football club. And I hear other things about behind the scenes. You know, the women's team's been brought in. The training ground's been looked at. The academy's been addressed. There's things going off the pitch as well as on it that are making this football club, you know, something to, to start to be envious of. And it won't be, too, it won't be long, Rob, before there's a, there's a big seven. Newcastle are going to soon be, be we're going to be talking about a big seven more than a big six. They're, they're, they're doing it very carefully there, Rob, isn't it? Because I yeah. agree. Yeah. But I, I did expect, I did expect some more bigger names to come in earlier, mm. um, which hasn't happened no. yet. But f- I mean, gradually, like mm. gradually, fair play. Some additions of Bruno Gamache, I think is a brilliant midfield player, uh, was probably the first of those as a bigger name, a younger player for the future. So I think I think it's going to come, but I think they, they have to be very careful with financial fair play. They're yeah, respecting yeah. that, which is good. Um, but you're right. I mean, I, I know that area very well, and and all the football fans in the northeast, they they couldn't love their clubs anymore. Mm. And I think it's been so many years that Newcastle United have felt like their ownership has let them down, um, and now they've got investment, of course, from overseas investment, and they're starting to see the fruits of that and the football of that. And Eddie Howe is the main man that takes. A ton of the credit, you know. We know they've got some hirings behind the scenes now, sporting director, yeah. uh, recruitment people yeah. in place. It's it's Darren gonna Neal, it's gonna keep Ashworth. going yeah. forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ashworth and stuff. So it's it's they're doing it slowly, carefully, and I, you know we gotta love what he's doing, Eddie Howe. Yeah. That, that's still not easy no. to, to 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 bring the forward, bring that team performances forward, Rob. Mm. Given that there's been improvement in recruitment, but not not a ton of it. Really well done, carefully well done, and you know they love more than anything else entertaining football. If you give if you give the Geordies attacking, quick, slick, creative football, they love it. They love it. They, like um, even if they don't win all the trophies in the world, they love, love, love attacking flair football. Eddie Howe's given it to them, and it's uh, it's going really well. Fair play. Let's move to uh, Vitality. Bournemouth 2, Leicester 1. Uh, Gary O'Neill continues to do an incredible job since he's taken over. Two wins, three draws in the five games he's taken over. 1-0 down to Leicester. Um, and again, Rob, I don't know if you saw this game. There should have been a penalty, I thought, for, for Bournemouth. Fredericks gets tripped over by uh, Evans, gets a yellow card when I don't know how it, it's not given. As, especially when we see the penalties that we've seen like today. There was contact, yeah. he goes down. Anyway, yeah. Bournemouth come back. Uh, Philip Billing gets uh, an equaliser, and Ryan Christie gets a winner. And the shots in the um, in the stand, yeah. Rob, uh, uh, Bill Foley, who's currently the Vegas Lights owner, of the NHL team, who's going to buy the, the football club. And bizarrely, last night I got text from a mate in, in LA who's had some dealings with Bill Foley, who tells me, "Great businessman, good guy. We'll put money in. We'll want to be successful, mm-hmm. and you know, look." Look mm-hmm. ahead for good things from Bournemouth. So all of a sudden things could be looking up, Rob. And it's really interesting, isn't it? Because if a new boss comes in with you know the right kind of money, it's an American consortium that we know knows uh, sports franchises. You know, do do they feel they have to go and get a big name in there? Because Gary O'Neill at the moment is just doing the job very nicely, Rob. They sit eighth in the Premier League, twelve points, um, without forcing the job on him. Wouldn't you just let things continue as they are? One hundred percent. He has to. He has to take the job, Gary O'Neill. Now, you do not, given their situation, their squad, the you know the talent in the squad. When things are going well, you you lap it up and you grab it and you go with it. 
it would be the, the craziest thing now, in my opinion, to, to make massive changes when Gary O'Neill is unbeaten. They're, they're yeah, it's two wins, three right draws out of the five games since the 9-0 loss to Liverpool. I, I wouldn't touch it. I wouldn't touch it. Now, whether they can keep him, they might decide, let's not do anything. Let's wait, yeah, wait yeah. and wait. Interim, you know, yeah. extend it. Then, okay. But it will be tempting to say, Gary, like, well done. Yours till, you know, have an 18-month contract. Yeah, yeah. So he's got a little bit of insurance there for himself. And you crack on. But, but again, anything, I, I wouldn't do anything. Because this is, this is, this is three wins and they've got to get another six or seven standard Premier League. Don't mess around with it. Keep it the same. Don't make any changes because this is remarkable. Bournemouth stay up. That that's pretty remarkable. Uh, and Bournemouth, in terms of a, of a club for an American owner, I mean, the, the, it's a small club. I mean, it, great part, I, I, it's great part of to, England, though, isn't it? It's a great, great ha, location. Maybe it's a lovely part of England. Increase the stadium. Grow the football club. You 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 grow the football club. How can you, you, how you, can you, you grow it? You can grow it by marketing better, getting some connections to the U.S., you know, making, you know, there's plenty of people in Vegas who might want to go and spend a weekend in Bournemouth and go and watch a, uh, a football game as well. Uh, listen, this is why the guys think this why he's a good businessman, but, um, I mean, good make, things make about him. Make the stadium him. bigger. Make the stadium bigger. Yeah, make the stadium yeah. bigger. Put another, take it to 25,000, Rob, double your capacity all of a sudden. You know, mm. Premier League games, if mm. Liverpool are in town, if Chelsea in town, people will people come and fill your stadium, so... Uh, lots to look forward to for, for Bournemouth. Really pleased with the start they have. Really pleased for Gary O'Neill, one of the, the good guys in football who, who certainly doesn't get the headlines. Good win for West Ham as well, Rob. Um, same good week for West Ham. Actually, win is 2-0 against Wolves. Midweek win in Europa League and then a 3-1 win against Fulham uh, today. There was a bit of fortune, as we said, in the Skamaka goal that we, I think both feel came off his hand and then he, he did cleverly put it over the goalkeeper. I don't know how VAR doesn't see it hitting his hand. We were told uh, unofficially the guidance from VAR was that they didn't see any pictures that were conclusive that it hit his hand. Take, make of that what you will, my friend. Make of that what you will. No, but, I, I, I don't know. I just don't, they apparently again, didn't I, see lost, the shot that it. we saw that saw the hand is, is basically what they're saying, which... Is astounding that VAR isn't getting all the best looks at, at, in an incident before he's giving a goal or not. And I, and I felt a little bit for Marco Silva because, um, you know, his team in the I game is no Mitrovic in the team and he, he's, doing, he's done such a good job and mm. all of a sudden to uh, go behind again that goal and then Antonio gets another which makes it 3-1 and, and, and pretty much kills the game. But uh, good win, good week uh, for David Moyes in uh, Premier League and in Europe. And Skamaka's goal, got Robert, I think it's a good thing. I He's one of them now I kind of feel like, maybe with Ronaldo, let's give yeah. him a little run now. Let, let's see him. You might, you might, with your eyes, think, okay, five, six games, he needs a little dip out. But I kind of feel like we need to give him a run now. Let him try and get used to the Premier League. Well, he's scoring. He's yeah. scoring. And he, it looks like a, a natural kind of scorer. Enjoys scoring, works hard. I think it's similar with some of the other players. Paqueta, by the way, is, yeah, is starting yeah. to adjust, oh, oh, oh. and he's starting to... Did you see the bit of skill in the, in the week that was like going round? Did you see the viral where he's jumped off the air and, and sort of back heel controlled the ball, and apparently all the, the players on the pitch were like, I couldn't quite believe it. I don't know if you saw it. He, he, he's going to be one that West Ham fans are going to enjoy, isn't he? Yeah, and he's going to get better and better and better and better and better because he's getting used to it now, and it's the same with all the players. And David Moyes said it. You know, all the players coming in, We've had a little struggle to get them all gelled. 
they've they've picked up results as we expect them to do now. I expect them to go on and on and on. But yeah, you're right. Skamaka's got to have a little run now. And I think he is. He is having a little run. He's starting the last few games, hasn't he? In, in different yeah, competitions. Yeah, he's dipped him in so, and out a little bit with um, Antonio, hasn't he? But I, I kind of feel like now yeah. he needs to score and have that responsibility. Yeah, I'll, I'll give him a run. Yeah. Um, let's go to Crystal Palace. Palace played Leeds. And it, and it, I thought this was, it was a big game for both these teams. Palace have only um, struggled to get the wins despite having, having good performances. Leeds, a little bit similar, played quite well, but not probably got the results that they would like. Leeds had both Rodrigo and Bamford in the starting lineup, so a little bit of goal threat. Um, Crystal Palace was, was pretty much uh, Anderson came back in the team. Uh, Slup played at left back, which is a bit of a change. And then similar kind of progressive midfield Decore, Eze, Alicia in extreme, yep. RU, Edward, Inzorho up front. So, you know, I thought that, that, you know, it's a very positive setup and lineup from, for Patrick Vieira. He changed the shape a little bit, Robert, half time, which was quite key. Went a bit more 4-4-2, so he put Elise one side, Zaha the other, with Eze and Decore first, brought Milivojevic on, actually, who, who actually dominated the game from the middle of the field. And they looked better and, and had a bit more threat that way, but um, managed the game better. Eze scored a beautiful goal to, to get the winner. And I thought it was an important mm. win for Patrick when one or two were just saying, oh, you know, on the edge of the uh, bottom three, things not quite going well. It was a really important three points for, for Palace at Sellers. Yeah, but P- Palace's start, schedule-wise, so difficult. Yeah, yeah. They played all the big boys, didn't they? Fine. Really yeah, they difficult played Chelsea, Liverpool, they got some draw- yeah, yeah. Oh. City. I think all of them, yeah. So that that's that a tough start. And it goes back to the point Rob I made at the very start of this podcast, that this is now more of the norm of, of open, attacking, entertaining football. Mm. It's like it's being trusted more, Rob, that you play one holder and two out-and-out attacking midfield players. Palace are doing it. You know, Leeds have that approach for Jesse March where they on the front foot, they attack, attack, attack. I mean, it's making for it's making for, yeah. for fun football yeah. and a great Premier League. The, the most open and attacking. I mean, I think than we've seen for a long time, Rob. Yeah. You know, like well, yeah. in terms of God, he's, well, you he's only have to think stodgy. of Palace from really Roy Hodgson to, to Patrick Vieira. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's night yeah. and day, isn't it? That's it. Yeah. yeah so that's happening throughout the league, and, and well done, Patrick yeah. Vieira, and well yeah. done, Palace, for making those adjustments and Eze. In a, another example of a, of, a, of a winger or a real attacking playmaking type that can play a little bit deeper and yeah. um, scores a wonderful goal. I mean, mm. he almost got my underappreciated. I'm not sure whether we've had him before, yeah, but yeah, Abreche Eze yeah. is, a, is a special talent, yeah. and I think you're going to see that. Michael Lee says another one. Not that long ago, before he got a bad edge. injury. There was talk about him yeah. being in the England squad. Yeah. So, yeah. Plenty of talent, Lise, Eze, Zaha. And the likes of RU continue to do well. And Edward, two goals in his last two Premier League games now. Good for him if they could get a strike. He's regularly scoring. That's going to be a big thing for Crystal Palace. He's right. got to be the one, Rob, isn't he? Is he? He's yeah. got to be the number nine. I feel so. He, like, every time I I you look at him, he looks, yeah, and he looks like he's got a little bit more box craft than Mateta. And he's going to be around the places where yeah. the ball's going to be, which I think is important. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Not, not a good day for Leeds. A little bit maybe. of pressure maybe on Jesse Marsh. Um, starting to come, they need to put a few wins together. Despite playing well, and I thought started the game particularly well, uh, fell off a little badly. And again, um, Bamford, and you know, he's got to get Bamford fit and scoring goals uh, if they're going to get up the league. Yeah, he's just starting, Rob. You know, the, 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 yeah. he's got, got Rodri's back, Bamford's yeah. back, Ailing's back. I mean, he's got most of his players mm. back now, so he should be able to kick on and uh, and get some results. So, yeah, he's just it's it's tough league. It's tough league, and, yeah. it, and he'll and he'll find out, of course, now. 
that that even you know all all the games in the Premier League now. When you think about it, Rob, I mean Leicester City. We went up, we didn't really mention Brendan by the way in that game. Oh, yeah, Bournemouth. yeah. You know, brilliant, brilliant one week, yeah. and then they're second bottom of the league table now. I mean Leicester City second bottom with the talent they've got. So. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible league, and it's uh, you know it's producing really good games every week, which we're which we're loving right now. Absolutely incredible week, incredible football, a long weekend of football, but so enjoyable. As Arsenal beat Liverpool in the weekend's <coughs> biggest game, they're going to stay top of the table. Spurs, Chelsea, and both Manchester teams get victories to establish the top five. And Eddie, how Newcastle make it a big six? We'll be back on Wednesday, that's October the 12th, when we'll break down all the games from match round four of the Champions League. But for now, I'm Earl. He's mostly together with the two Robbies. Thanks for watching and listening. Be safe, stay healthy. We'll see you all in Philadelphia next week. It's a good night from me. And it's good night from him. Good night. Good night. <laughs>